Welcome. This is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. We want to thank you for taking time to listen to our Sun, Salt, and Light broadcast. We want you to know and grow in the Son, S-O-N, Jesus Christ, and be the salt and the light. We'd like to thank you so much for taking time to listen to this broadcast. We simply teach the Bible verse by verse and chapter by chapter, and we believe that God changes a life one verse at a time. I'd like to personally invite you out to come and see the church. Uh, it is a very casual atmosphere, and uh, but we do take the Word of God very seriously. We meet in a non-traditional church building. We actually meet at the BFW 3966 in Divine, Texas. It's located at 211 West College Avenue, big white building right next to the post office. Our service times are on Sunday when we go through the New Testament uh, at 10 a.m. and then on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. we go through the Old Testament. Uh, we have children's ministry available for both services and if you need to get more information on the church you can go to calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bible ready, today we'll continue our verse-by-verse study in the book of Genesis chapter 3 verses 1 through 7. The title of this sermon is, Did God Actually Say? Part 2. Here's the first half of this two-part study. Uh, so this week we're in Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. So we've kind of, as we're going through Genesis, we're understanding who God is and the attributes of God. But we're also understanding who Jesus is. And that's going to be laid out a lot, lot more in Genesis chapter 3 as we get a little bit further down. But we also understand that, that it's His Son that's going to, to save us. So we looked at creation so far and we've seen that that creation was uh was at maturity there was no evolution right it didn't take millions and millions of years uh we also know that the universe was was functioning when man uh, arrived on the scene and and man was at his maturity with adam and uh and and so one of the things that we know that um I was reading something today. Me and Teresa just started a new Bible study, and we started in Genesis, and we were in Genesis chapter 1. And it said, and God said, and I was like, you know what? It's so crazy because we're looking that, and God said this, and it was created. And God said this all through chapter 1, and I'm like, we're in, tonight we're going to see the first thing out of Satan's mouth is, did God actually say? And that stood out to me more than anything. The thing that we do need to remember is Adam looks and sees that uh, God allows him to see that he needed a helper. Now Adam's formed from the dirt and Eve is formed from his rib. And even the word uh, rib actually uh, means crest of the hill and, and, and the Hebrew. And, and actually, when you think about the crest of the hill, we just talked about the crucifixion and the hill, the place of the skull, Calvary, where Jesus was crucified. And then we see Eve come on the scene, and and he's given them a command to be fruitful and multiply, which goes absolutely uh, polar opposite of what's happening in the world today. Be fruitful and multiply. I read a study this week where they actually systematically looked at, and it's been proven, that they did hysterectomies during the 50s to try to cut down on the population for certain ethnic groups, Planned Parenthood. It, it, I'm telling you, man, it's, it's crazy. Some of the stuff that happens, it just makes you sh- just scratch your head going, what are we doing? Because God tells us in Scripture to be fruitful and multiply. I do need to make sure I cover this because He tells you it's one biological male and one biological female. Apparently, you have to say that now because if not, people are, you know, I can be a male, I can be a female, but that's not true. 
you can do that stuff. I, and, and I think that's one of the things that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions that they, they have about the church. Look, if you want to live your life that way, it's your choice. But we're going to live our life based on God's Word. That's our choice. And, and so it's hard for people to wrap their heads around that. But, man, it's, I, I can't stop you from doing what you're doing. I mean, I, I would love for you to be able to understand, I, I'm, and, and I'm praying for you to grasp the concept of, of the Scripture. But, it, it, you know, if somebody chooses to go down a, a lifestyle or they choose to have just a destruction of the creation of God, of their body, it's, it's their choice. They've been given up to a debased mind. It tells us that in Scripture in Romans chapter 1. The enemies, and we're going to talk about that tonight, the enemy uses that and they're, they're, they can't see the, all they're seeing is darkness. The light hasn't come in yet. And you just pray for that to happen. The other thing that we know is that the Genesis is a historical document. We have to remember that. It's a historical document. It is real places with real people, with the real God, with the literal Adam and Eve, with the real garden and a real serpent. And so we know that all of this is to set up the history of the world and then the history of the nation of Israel, then the history of the Messiah being born in Bethlehem. It is all going to point to Jesus, every bit of this. And that's why the foundation is so important to understand about Genesis and have that grasp of it. Remember, it is literal. Literal. And so there's no other way for salvation. Now, philosophy will ask the four basic questions that they always ask, which is, who am I? Where did I come from? What is my purpose? And where am I going? And the problem with all those questions are they're all based upon a humanity's way of answering the question. Man's way to solve man's problems. And it'll always fail. So, even though you exercise your right to vote, man ain't going to fix. <laughs> There's no man that can fix the mess that we're in except our Messiah, the anointed one, Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. We don't put that much faith in that. I don't. I don't. I've served this government. I don't. I'll tell you what. Don't put, your, don't put that much faith in that. You put your faith in Jesus Christ. You put your faith in the Bible. That's why humanism is very important that we don't do because humanism will try to bring in the allegory. And what they're doing is, is society's way of fixing because they believe they're their own God. We can fix this. Does that sound familiar? Well, the planet's going in a certain direction. We can fix it. No, you can't. You can try doing certain things, but that's a humanism way or humanity's way of trying to fix it. Trust me, Jesus will fix it. He'll burn it all up, and there'll be a new earth and a new heaven. And that's not what people want to hear, though. We have to remember when we approach the Bible, we approach it uh, through the lens of Scripture. That's why I tell you, when you vote, you vote through the lens of Scripture. Too many people, when they, when they decided to go vote this last election, and I watched a man from the pulpit, and I'm not going to say which side it was on, but I'm saying I watched a man from the pulpit actually not only talk down, but actually was derogatory and his, his, defaming of the senator that was running. And it's from my state. 
And I was like, you're doing that from the pulpit of God. And he has one of the biggest churches in Atlanta. It's growing. It's booming. He's telling them everything they need to hear. He didn't teach the Word of God at all. He just sat and bashed that man all day. And I was just like, what are we doing? What are we doing? I was like, he's going to have to answer to that. He's there to teach the Word of God. That's what we're here to do. We're here to point you to God's Word. Our, our solution is in Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 15. We go to Scripture. That's what we always do is we go to Scripture. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, Adam, death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where the, there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses and even over to those who were sinning was not like transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the, tra not like the trespass, for if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. The answer is Jesus. And it's given to you by nothing you can earn. It's by grace. When he died on the cross and what he did on the cross was for grace. So even though we have somebody that can make your blood boil and to hear him talk, and that God needs to save them. We had somebody that actually got the Bible torn out of their hands and they started ripping the Bible up and eating it. During a demonstration. Started hitting the kid for reading the Bible. They still need Jesus. That's the hardest part for Christians to understand. They still need Jesus. It's easy for us to go, man, what are y'all doing, man? But that those people need Christ. They need Christ. That's why I was telling y'all last week, it's very important for us to understand what we do when we train up our children. We're training them up with the Word of God. You're training them up with the Word of God because I'm telling you, it used to be the university where they would run into their trouble. Because that's when they would be, oh, there's no God. And they would just, man, they get in philosophy class and they just tear them up. And if their foundation's not set, they get, they get shaken up. And next thing you know, they go from being a, a follower of Christ to being an atheist. And that happens. But that's happening in high school now. They're going after them early. That's why I was saying. You need, your job is not to send them out as missionaries. Your job is to train them up. Because they can't be a missionary if they don't have the Word of God. Because what you're doing is you're allowing the adversary to, to use the stuff that they're teaching, the biological stuff with the male and female. Anybody can be anybody. You know, and that mars God's creation. That mars God's creation. It's very important for us to understand. But this is the, 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 the devil's playground that we're in right now. We're, we're, we're on the battlefield, and y'all need to understand that. Your kids are on the battlefield. And you go, I homeschooled my kids. Your kids are still on the battlefield because they leave the house and they see stuff. And so what we get into when we get into chapter 3, we're actually dealing with the bad news. The gospel is the good news. <laughs> what we deal with in these verses is bad. We need to understand that people will ask the question, why, why would God create a world with death or sickness or chaos or murder or wars or pain? Have you heard those questions before? Right? And as we enter into chapter 3, these is, you know, this is the effect of sin. That's why we have death. That's why we have sickness. That's why we have chaos. 
That's why we have murder, wars, and pain. And think about it, the most vile sin was paid for on the cross. Paid for on the cross. And we need to remember that, that God is, is created at the, at before this moment as we get into the Scripture. Everything is complete and perfect, including Adam and Eve. It's not until we, the serpent comes in that darkness falls and sin happens. In John chapter 3, verse 19, it says, In the judgment, the light has come into the world, and people loved the darkness rather than light because their works were evil. People love doing stuff in the dark. And, and as followers of Christ, we need to be very careful. Because if you don't think that God won't reveal your stuff in the light, He will. He will bring that stuff up like that. He's not going to let you. You're His children. His child. He's not going to let you sit there and keep doing something that goes against His Word. He's going to give you opportunities to, to repent. He's going to be long-suffering. But eventually, He's going to deal with it. So when did the fall happen? So we know it happened sometime between day 8 and the birth of Cain. It doesn't really give us that part of the, the story. We look at Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, Did, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? The first words out of the devil's mouth is questioning who? God. God. And, and I, you know, as we look at this, we're going to look at actually the blueprint of how temptation works in people's lives. Because sadly, I, I'm, to this day, I, I still want to know, and that's probably the first thing I'm going to ask Adam is, dude, where were you? Please don't tell me you were standing next to her. You had to be close because you just, <laughs> here, <laughs> take this. But as, as, as I look at this, especially for men, it's like we have a responsibility. And Adam's failure, it, it is a, a, a parallel of temptation, but for us, it's a reminder that we have Christ. We have a blueprint for success. And, and we need to trust that. We need to trust that. Too many people, what we, what we do is they forget. Like, I, if, you, if you're going to follow Christ, you put your hands to the plow, you keep your eyes forward, you're dying to self. We talked about Jesus being on the cross. You're supposed to carry your cross daily. Die to yourself daily. Daily. Not, oh, okay, well, things, I need, I need this to work out, so let me die to myself because I need God to really hear me. Or, all oh, things are really bad right now, so I need God to hear me. So let me die to myself now. No, it's every day. It's every day. We live in a very dark world. We had a trunk or treat. We helped Matt and, and Jimmy out because they always help us out. And so Joe wasn't there for trunk or treat, so we went down to Grace and helped them do trunk or treat and fed all the servants. And we had so many parents that came in, and they were like, it's, it's so, like, I, we don't know what we're walking into into the neighborhoods anymore because everybody's trying to do such scary stuff that the, the little kids can't even, and they're so wanting to scare the kids. And she goes, we saw this, and they came in. And then we got to talk to them. There are so many families like that. And it's like, are we going to take the opportunity to die to ourselves and do something that God has called us to do? Or am I going to just sit home and watch football that night? Just like coming here tonight. I'm sure it wasn't easy. 
we go through the battles. It's like, are you going to overcome the temptation of going, I'm just going to chill out at the house? Or are you going to get in the car and you're going to come to church? Because let me tell you, I've done this every Sunday and Wednesday. It is, there are times, man, there is a battle happening before you get to the car. But it has to be, it's like, I, this is where I'm supposed to be. I want to come worship. I want to have fellowship. I want to see how y'all are doing. I may need y'all to pray for me for something. I mean, I'm like, we have to understand, like, the church needs to come together. And, and part of coming together is that discipleship of each other and the accountability of each other and understanding, like, man, I may step on your toes, but you got to tell me. And if I've hurt you, I need to ask, ask you for forgiveness. But I also need to ask for forgiveness from God because I've sinned. And hopefully you'll grant that forgiveness. That's hard to do. But if you're dying to self, because what did Jesus, he said on the cross, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. On the cross, as he's sitting there bleeding, he's over there worried about his mother. He's worried about others. On the cross while he's bleeding, he's getting harassed by one thief. And the other thief, hey, remember me in paradise. And he still is ministering up until his last point as we see him die this this weekend as we get to those verses of scripture but we need to be very careful of the devil and remember i told you all this last week in second corinthians 11 verse 14 it says no wonder for even satan disguises himself as an angel of light so we need to understand that and we went over that and if you if you want to understand more about that teaching you can just simply watch next week or you can listen to it or watch it. it it has all of that in there and so the one thing that we need to understand is, I asked this question last week, like why didn't they freak out because the serpent is talking, right? Now, you have to understand, you've had mom and dads. You've had uncles and aunts, right? You've had people that have brought you up. And so you know what the dominion of animals are. Adam and Eve, right, their perspective of animals is going to be different from ours. Their experience is going to be different. And so they, they didn't even have any other humans to learn it from. So they may have thought, hey, this is just normal. I guess maybe do all the animals talk, right? But we're easy to kind of like, well, why did he? Did Jesus should have got up and took off. Yeah, I, I get all that. But you have to understand, they, they had just been created. You know, we don't know how, what the time span is here, but, you know, it, it's important for us to just kind of grasp that concept. So he said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of the, any tree in the garden? In Genesis chapter 2, verse 16 through 17 is the actual command. And it says, the Lord God commanded man, saying, you may surely eat of every tree of the garden, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in that day you eat of it, you shall surely die. So Satan actually goes in and he changes some stuff up, right? Like, can you eat? He makes a question. He's like, let me get you to do one thing. I need you to actually doubt God's word. I need you to doubt it. And let me tell you something. When you get into a place where you're doubting God's word, you're in, you're in a deep fall. You need to be careful because Satan's he's got you. He's got you. And I mean, Eve could have just been like, wait a minute, that's not what Adam told me. That's not what we were told. But she started questioning. 
That's why Paul told us in 2 Corinthians 11, verse 3, But I am afraid that the, as a serpent deceived Eve by his cunning, your thoughts will be led astray from sincere, pure devotion to Christ. That's what Satan wants to do. Lead you astray. And so he disarms her. And, and one of the things he does, he attacks the love and loyalty of God who made her. Like he questions that. Did God actually say? We need to be very careful when we have those assumptions that God's Word is, is subject to our judgment. It's not. That's why when people get upset and they go, well, homosexuality is not in the Bible. And it's like, uh, it is. <laughs> it's a number of times that it's discussed. But they get mad at you for bringing it up. But it's like, look, it's in the Bible, dude. I, I'm not the author of the Bible. That's God. You want to take it up with God, take it up with God. But that's what happens is we assume that we can twist and, and, and turn around God's word and we need to be very careful with that. It's not subject to our judgment. We are to study the context of Scripture. The context of Scripture. And understand, like, we're not to add to it. We're not to go, oh, well, I think it means this. No, you need to understand what it means. And if you don't, you ask questions. I, I trust me I asked a lot of questions my daughter man she was a question machine Lena would be just like one after another after another and the woman it says in verse 2 and the woman said to the serpent we we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden well, that's not what God said and that's not what Adam I don't know what Adam told her at this point but here's a very very dangerous thing you need to be careful with Eve is in a dialogue with the devil when temptation's there, it's not there for you to kind of go back and forth and have that conversation. You need to walk away from it. He told her very simply, right? You may surely eat of every tree of the garden. So Eve didn't get it right. But of the tree of, of, of knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day you eat of it, you shall surely die. Now we can see in the comparison of Genesis chapter 2, verse 16, uh, you know, it was from, from any tree of the garden that you may freely eat. Uh, but Eve said that, that from the fruit of the trees. So she subtracted something, right? She removed something from the Word of God. Or from God, what God had told her. It says, you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat, for it, uh, you shall surely die. But she said, but from the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle of the garden, she subtracted the name of the tree, knowledge of good and evil she's forgetting a lot of stuff and it's very important for you to understand this when you for, when, when you are forgetting the scripture the time is not within the temptation to try to figure it out this is why being in god's word every day is so important pastors will tell you this and tell you this and i know y'all get tired of hearing it i know y'all do i'm like here he goes again here he goes talking about how we need to spend 15 minutes a day in god's word here he goes again, talking about how important it is to be in God's Word. But what happens is when we're, when we're forgetting pieces of Scripture and we're trying to figure it out, or we're taking stuff out and going, I think it means this and I want to do that, you're in a bad place. Psalm 58 verse 4 says, They have venom like the venom of a serpent, like the deaf adder that stops its ears. So David understood that the wicked uh, were like snakes who wouldn't listen to truth. No matter how, how the song was played, they wouldn't listen to truth. And there are people like that. There are Christians like that. 
They're supposed to live their life a certain way and they just will not listen to truth. They're deaf. Why do you call yourself a follower of Christ then? I mean, that's, that's really what you, what are you doing? You'd be better off taking your time and just go do whatever you want to go do. If you're going to follow, follow. Look, I, I know when I, when I look at Scripture, I know that it is the truth, that it's inerrant, that it is is accurate. It is God's Word. And, and man, I need, to, I need to get them snakes away from me so I can hear the truth. I don't want to be deaf to it. Well, let me tell you something. That's what we talked about. The further you get, the, the more drifting you have, the easier it is for that voice to get lower and lower and lower. And the noise of the world gets turned up. It says in verse 3, But God said, You shall not eat of the, uh, the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But God said, now he's going to go back and he's going to quote God, right? And, and what we see is how Eve quoted God. She says, God has said you shall not eat a, a, a from it or touch it. So she, she's added that you shall not touch it, lest you die. She subtracted in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. This is a problem. That's not what God said. Did Adam add something to it? Did Adam get it wrong? Because the way it was given to Eve is, this don't make no sense. And this is where legalism is born. When you add to Scripture, you can't keep it. You can't keep the law. When you start saying it's Jesus plus this, that, you need to run away from that. Because people will say with Gnosticism, they'll, 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 you know, that, that's a higher learning, a higher spiritual you know, this is where you're at. Yeah, you need to follow Christ. But man, if you learn this, that's going to put you at another level. Uh-uh. That's, that's legalism. That's, that's you adding something to it. And we need to be very careful about adding the Scripture. It tells us in Revelation 22, verse 19, And if anyone takes away from the words of, of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city which are described in this book. When we add to the Word of God, you're adding bondage. You're adding bitterness and you're, and you're, and you're creating backsliding for people because they can't keep it. They can't keep it. Understand that this is a relationship with God, not a religion. Not a religion. Don't add rules or conditions or regulation to God's Word. But that's what happens here. In verse 4, it says, But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die. He makes her question God's word. And Satan is, is arrogantly saying God's a liar. Because he adds to Scripture. And he actually counters what God's word says. In John chapter 8, verse 44, it says, You are the father, the devil. Your will is to do the father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. In Proverbs chapter 30, verse 6, it says, Do not add to his word, lest he rebuke you and you be found a liar. How does, how does Jesus deal with Satan? In Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, it says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Jesus combats that with De Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. 
The devil does what? He gets them to, he's twisting the scripture again, right? Tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But he tells them, look, man, it, it, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. And then it goes in verse 5 in Matthew, it says, Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you. And on the other hands, they will bear up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. And then Jesus said to him again, It is written, You shall not put your Lord God to the test. That's Deuteronomy 6.16. In Psalm 91, verses 11 and 12. So he's quoting the devil's scripture. I would like to thank you for taking time to listen to our broadcast. This is uh, Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. If you're someone like me who is uh, listens to a lot of podcasts, you can also listen to us on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Audible, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, just type in Calvary Chapel uh, Divine and you'll, you'll be able to track us down and lastly i just wanted to invite you out to church uh, we are a casual church that meets in a non-traditional building uh, meaning that we meet at the vfw 3966 on west college avenue big white building right next to the the post office uh, if you want to get more information about our church if you need to ask uh, some questions or you even need prayer just go to calvarydivine.org and uh, we want to thank you again just for listening to this broadcast of Calvary Chapel Divine Texas, Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. God bless you. Have a good one.